good afternoon. My name is Holly Long and welcome to today's Community Wise podcast produced by List Greater Kansas City. Welcome. As you all know, April is Financial Literacy Month and one of our pillars at List Greater Kansas City is we have a financial opportunity center network and it is a corporation or a network of different financial um, teaching around the city. And we are so honored today to have one of our FOCs uh, present with us to talk about financial literacy and what exactly does that mean and how they do what they do. So please welcome Tanika Edmonds from Prosperity Center at Rockhurst University. Hello, hello, how are you? Hey, Tanika. (laughs) Hey. Thank you so much for joining us today. Do you mind sharing with us a little bit of background on, on about you? And, you know, I know you have 20 years of financial education. Where did you get that? How, how did you get started in this field? And yeah, absolutely. So I have been in the financial industry for over 20 years. Um, I was a registered rep. So I, I sold mutual funds and investments as well as, you know, banking and savings and credit cards and those things. So throughout my career, you know, after obtaining my securities licenses, I became a certified financial literacy trainer. And my heart and passion was still always to the community. So um, I gave throughout that time as well as teaching youth. And so um, many, many years later, um, I did extensive case management for a while. And so now here we are full circle. I actually get to take everything I love and do, which is community and, and education, and do it all at one place here at the Prosperity Center. Wow. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Financial Opportunity Centers. What are your thoughts on them? Talk. Take me through the intake process at Prosperity Center. Yeah, walk me through. Absolutely. Well, the one thing that I can say as far as the, the Financial Opportunity Centers is that this is a, a definite um, on-time um organization, I I would say, or the the way that we are set up and structured is to meet the needs of today. And and we're seeing more and more how, um, in different articles in the news covering it, how important financial literacy is. And so to me, what sets the FOCs apart is that we provide coaching. We we really want to help people to become independent themselves and be educated in this area. And we support them through our coaching model. Um, is what really stands out for me. So not only are we providing the education uh, and the empowerment, but with employment as well as our income um, resources and support. And to me, we are just well-rounded to provide individuals and families what they truly need um, to have a brighter future for themselves. Okay. So let's talk about your clientele. I know you are housed at Rockhurst University and you um, have clients from the, from the school and from UMKC, but you also have community members, correct? Well, we, our clients are our Rockhurst students, faculty, and staff members um, who, you know, fall in those, th- those areas, as well as the community. We're doing something very unique with UMKC, and I can share that uh, with you a little bit uh, later. But yes, our, our client base makes up, um, and here at Rockhurst, we like to call the community our neighbors, we are definitely neighbors. So I didn't know, and I didn't know staff members and faculty could have to be a part of the FOC network or 
FOC services. Wow. It is so unique and awesome in the fact that the services that the financial opportunity centers offer are $65 to $300 per session. And Rockhurst University makes it free, definitely to like our students. And we do have um, some faculty and staff members because we all go through different changes and transitions and you never know where, where you'll find yourself. And so um, that along with our neighbors um, can come to our workshops t to learn these things as well as we actually go out into the community. We go to them. So I'm excited to share you uh, to share that with you as well. Yeah. So talk me through the intake process and how does where do you meet? How does this work? Like how has COVID presented a monkey wrench? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so what we found is the workshops that we would have, it was a great way to meet potential clients. Um, some people just wanted to come in and learn a few things because they pretty much had their budgeting and savings kind of down pat at home. But we had others who would would come to the workshops and would um, then say, hey, I want to be a part of the Prosperity Center. And they, they are with us. And as an FOC, um, we know that our relationships are long term. Clients can be with us anywhere from one to five years. But unfortunately, because of the pandemic, um, we started to see a decrease in traffic, a decrease in participation. And so, you know, Myself, along with Rockhurst, was like, okay, what's going on? You know, what can we do? So at the Prosperity Center, we thought outside the box. So I asked myself, I said, well, where are the clients? Well, we know exactly where they were. They were actually now looking, um, they were participating and taking advantage of the WIOA grants, the other grants where they could go back and learn skills um, or get certifications. We also know that they were what? Utilizing federal funds to uh, for utility bills and things like that. So what the Prosperity Center did is we just went to the client. We know their barriers was transportation and child support. I mean, excuse me, and child care. And so just one partner example would be Phoenix Family. Um, I found them, you know, what it is that they do. They work with 3,000 families uh, in their program. And so Phoenix Family, along with the Missouri National Guard, is an account, um, a relationship uh, new to us. Um, and others, we now actually go on site and we provide our services and resources to what? To, to the community, to, to what they need. And then in that, once we're able to see an answer to your question about the intake process, is that we, I have learned being uh, the director here now, is that everyone is not necessarily ready to be a part of the Financial Opportunity Center. And so it's our responsibility to ask better questions find out where they are, and then guide or direct them to those community uh, resources with us following up 30-day or 60-day, and once they've stabilized a little better, then bring them on, because it truly is a commitment to, to be a part of the FOC that you're going to, you know, you're going to stay in and do the work, and that our commitment to them of providing them everything they need. So that's what sets us apart. So, okay, we've you've come, you found me, we've talked, I'm ready to, to take a part of uh, your FLC service. Now what? What happens next is the initial, um, the initial coaching session, which is critical. It's important because that's where we have to restate 
you know, the relationship, the expectation, because as a financial opportunity center, we have outcomes. We, we want to see over time an increase in net income, increase in credit score. So we want to see the growth and be able to share that with them as well. So just having that conversation. And then we also have to tell them and teach them that this is a coaching relationships, which, which means that they have to be very, you know, interactive and engaged in, you know, in their success. And then from there, we ask them from a coaching model, what do you want to achieve? What, what are you looking? Um, how can we help you? You know, which direction we want to go. And from there, our coaches um, start to create and devise a plan. And of course, initially, we're gathering their budget or their um, balance sheet information, pulling their credit report, or if it's from an income um, employment standpoint, then we're looking at where are you now? Where would you like to be in completing employment assessments? And so, yeah, we cater, we, um, we work specifically based off of what is most important to the client, not to um, a checklist that we have. So what are some major concerns that you hear from clients about their financial security or, or even, in, you know, as we're in financial literacy month, how, I guess, it, it, it takes hard work from the client, right? Our, our neighbor, right? But, I mean, you provide the resources, but what are some major concerns that you typically hear um, during these coaching sessions? Like, oh, I can't do something, or do you ever hear something like that? Or mm-hmm. So our Rockhurst students, their um, concern right now is budgeting and how to how to find an apartment, like things we wouldn't necessarily think of, but what's the whole process? Like, these are... Um, I guess we would say they're like adulting, right? But they're in this in-between stage, and, and what really touches my heart is when it's just one-on-one, they, I actually had two students tell me, they said, I'm, I'm scared. Like they came into the coaching session really confident, had things thought out, well-written. I was very impressed, but um, in building that relationship, they kind of broke down and was like, I'm scared. And so that's why the Prosperity Center has just partnered with UMKC to create a workshop just for Rockhurst and UMK students. And we're going to talk to them about renting and everything they need to know and how to budget within that. Now for our neighbors, um, we hear all different things. We have seniors, senior citizens who are concerned about uh, needing to return to the workforce but not knowing how to complete applications online. And they're concerned if they're gonna run out of money or have ran out of money, absolutely. We have affluent, so, well, before I go to them, we have neighbors who are rebuilding divorce, bankruptcy, death. That's a whole different type of, um, we're, we're covering the material it's the same material, but just a little different because their situations are so unique. And then we do have our um, moderate income, you know, clients who are trying to keep what they have and they want to have more of a conversation of um, investing, just a little bit more about or like retirement, like am I on the right track? So we help them to the extent that we can, but that's where we partner and refer them to our partners. And one of our alumni, Rockhurst alumni, is here um, who helps part-time in volunteers, and he is like the resource man. So, so we, we really are well-rounded in, in understanding the full scope of all the different people we work with. But the Prosperity Center is doing something different this next upcoming fiscal year. We're focusing on um, youth. Last year we did two workshops for 80 youths. Yeah, and so we just, it, I feel like um, 
they were ages 16 and 18? Yes, and they are um, Youth Ambassadors KC, I believe is what they are, and they actually earn money for participating in that program, and they, their money is put on a debit card. I said, we need to talk to them. So we, we actually customize our presentations, our PowerPoint presentations, to fit them, even the images, all the way down to images. We, we create presentations that they can uh, understand and relate to. Um, and I have fun with that, with the Nike tennis shoes and the expensive jewelry. I really get them. Yeah, and I'm sure eating out and all that. Oh, God. Oh, gosh, yes. Uh, to be 16 again I, you know <laughs> there's some of them are some of them are really smart with their money they actually have savings accounts and they're working towards things so I just I had to give them credit because all all young adults or teenagers are not off track exactly exactly okay so where do you see prosperity center going in the next couple of years like what what are your as the executive director, what is your vision? What is your goal? And I know that will align with the university's vision and goal, but is there anything that you, like if you could think of anything you could add to your services, what would that be? I know that's a, a question I didn't ask you before. I had to give you a curveball. <laughs> hey, Holly, um, I can definitely appreciate it. Unfortunately, the curveball was already planned for me. I have an outline. <laughs> Uh -huh. So with the Prosperity Center, um, what we are already working on so that we can implement this for um, the future and, and hopefully by year end is we decided to, um, I was tired of the same old, same old. I held so many workshops on last year that I wanted to teach the same information but differently. So what did that look like? So um, there's two different ways in which we did that. One is what I call kind of like re-gifting. We are creating workshop names that um, relate to the individuals. So I grew up with a low to moderate income family. Um, and so we had to receive help and assistance and I didn't understand that as a child. So to me, what will relate to the community is, or our neighbors, is budgeting after bankruptcy, okay? Some of the workshop titles are extremely intimidating in my opinion because it makes it seem like it's a workshop for someone who has money who already have themselves together. But if you hold a um, workshop that's rebuilding after divorce, create, which is uh, creating a financial plan that works for you, or adulting one-on-one, financial steps to living your best life, things like that, that draws the attention of someone in, you know, who, who needs to rebuild. Um, also, um, we also created um, interactive workshops is what I decided. So we created a game um, called um, Skills to Financial Wellness. And what, our, what we've done so far is we divide them in groups. They work as a family group. And they actually have bills. And they have homes, automobiles, um, income, all of those things. And they actually have to work together and built in those are barriers. When I tell you I had never been in a room so quiet and I play, um, I, I play um, classical music and they literally have to work through these issues for about an hour and I was floored. They, they talked about their struggles, why they had to make some decisions and weren't able to do other things, what they could have done differently. There was no better way than to have the community doing what? Teaching each other. And so then the last hour of the workshop is when I then incorporated the things we teach every day. It was, it was amazing. 
It was absolutely amazing. And so after this game, right, it, we're, we're still using this game going forward, right? And are you, <laughs> would you be open to sharing the game with other um, organizations that need some innovative help? Um, I know, uh, for example, Lisk, our 40th anniversary is coming up. And we are going to do some different spotlights, of course, on our programming. And, of course, you guys fall into that, that category. I just had an idea. Maybe we should have an interactive game <laughs> hosted by you <laughs> to kind of give us a feel of what's going on. So um, in answer to your, you may have to repeat the second portion of the question, but the first part is um, we had such a great response with this game that three um, UMKC has asked for it. One of the one of our banking partners has asked that we come in, talk to all their bankers to share kind of like what we're doing and the game. And so since there's three different organizations who are asking for it right now, um, <laughs> we're kind of pulling back and saying, okay, hold on, let's you know what you know how can we do this because this this is something that I created two years ago. But the fact that we now have an opportunity to incorporate it, we have all the game pieces, it's amazing. So the, the, the plan and the goal um, here soon would be to be able to really share this and, and teach it to others because um, just to, to let you know something I did forget to mention, at the Prosperity Center we are um, incorporating life skills in, every, um, in everything that we do. And so within the, the game, um, the family groups are learning how to decision make and communicate, um, critical thinking and active li uh, listening skills, as well as collaboration. So they're just walking away with so much more, you know. Now, what was the second portion? Oh, I was, I was saying you need to share the game with everybody. <laughs> oh, you know what? I agree because I bought real money. Uh, hold on. Let me rewind how I say that. I bought um, money that looks real. Um, yeah, uh, so we actually have real money, and they have real pay stubs, and it's it's just really fun. When I break out those $100 bills and 50s, they're like, whoa, and I'm like, hey, hey, it's game money. But it is, it's, it makes it more real, and it's just fun. Wow. How did you come up with this concept of the game? Like, how did you figure this out? Like, I have no idea, literally. So I'm so creative and innovative, just I'm always thinking and, I'm, and I write, so I'm always writing and things like that. And so, I don't know, I was just thinking about financial literacy and I, I've just been teaching the same thing for over 20 years and, and it's critical, it's, it's very important information, but it's like how do we um, kind of like dilute it and make learning fun, no matter how old you are, all of us loves something, you know, even if we could think back from our childhood. So it's like, how can we make this like learning fun? So. Um, with the avatars that they have, like these are true images in the game. They literally can can pick them. And before I really even fully announced it, as I was having uh, each person kind of come forward and get their their stuff, they had already made it a game. Their eyes were closed and they was grabbing off the table and um, and they went to work. They, they truly went to work. Um, and that's the type of learner I am. I'm very visual and I get bored like with books or someone just talking to me for 30, 30 minutes or 60 minutes straight, I just, I'm not gonna retain it. But something like this, um, 
you're going to be able to retain and implement it at home. Yeah. Wow. How impressive. So I didn't ask you this. 20 years of experience. How did you even get into financial um, literacy and and because you have a passion for it clearly anybody who can create a game out of just thin air and it be that successful like how where did that come from well actually it was backwards the all of this came from real life experience I actually have um, had to go to organizations and things for help as a widow as a single mom I completely got and understand why people go to check cash in places I call it street economics now, I yeah. know that's not a real term, but that's... Um, no, that's, that's a term. No, okay, okay. Like, <laughs> in my book. Just, yeah, yeah, that's street economics, where we really know how to make ends meet with nothing. Um, from, from a legal standpoint, or how do you stretch and do X, Y, Z? And you have, you have to do those things when you don't have the credit. When you, know, when you don't have someone you can go to and borrow money from, or if you, if you can't get a loan from a bank. So a lot of my inspiration with all my heart comes from the real struggles that I experienced myself. And so um, what happened was when I started working in the banking industry, that's when I started learning words and terminology. And and then I I worked in private wealth management. So I'm used to working with affluent clients. So it was easy for me to manage someone's money when they had $100,000 in just cash or, you know, throughout their bank account and they had investments. But you tell me how to make it work for a single father who only makes about $1,200 a month or or $2,400. But he had to get a new car and, and child care and unexpected emergencies. Tell that person how to incorporate these things because some of it, it doesn't apply yet. It will later, but depending on where you are financially, some people are not at a particular point just yet. So I decided in being here at the Prosperity Center that I didn't want to put everyone in the same pot. We just, we can't. There should be separate groups. You have those like our our students, the young adults who are working right now just to establish credit and things like that. And then you have those who already may have had credit, like that midsection where um, their credit's a little rocky and, you know, those things. And then you also have individuals and families who were not stabilized, but they are now, but they really, really are in this rebuilding phase that could take three to five or seven years, and we have to be able to ha- be knowledgeable enough to have that conversation to them so that they don't feel like these goals are unrealistic, so I'm never going to reach it, so I'm going to just continue managing money the way I used to. Right. right. Wow. Any closing remarks on Financial Literacy Month and any anything you want to share with our audience? Absolutely. For Financial Literacy Month, I would say to we never know enough and all of us no matter where we are need a refresher because things change and there's new programs and also maybe there's something you'll learn where you can help someone else in need and so um right right and so if we don't prepare our our youth and our young adults for tomorrow where will we be especially when we're battling and facing pandemics and other things like that and the last thing that i want to say to encourage other financial operating centers or anyone who's working out in the community, find a new way to find them. Find a new way to find them because they need help. But listen to this, when you have different critical needs, um, we we balance like the most urgent first, which is what? Shelter and food and our utility bills. 
And so you have to go to them and just be available where they are, not expect for them to come to you. I always tell, um, you know, my, my manager here at Rockhurst and, and the others in leadership, this is not a sedentary job. If all of us who provide financial literacy plan on just sitting down, um, we're really doing a disservice to those who need us most. Thank you so much for having me, Holly. Absolutely. No, the pleasure is all ours. Thank you for being a partner. Thank you for being an inspiration and creative and just thinking outside the box to help um, our neighbors. We appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. See you next time. All right. See you guys.